calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. That was way harder than it should have been. Yeah, baby. It's good to see you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah, it. No worries. Thank you. Oh, I like the Rage Against the Machine poster in the back. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Got the, got the Rage, got the, got the Zap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Right on. So, uh, yeah, it's got a good ring to it. The Stanley Cup winning retired NHL defenseman. Fuck, dude, it must feel nice to, because there's a lot of guys that play the game that never win the cup, right? Of course, that's... Thank the- God. Thank God I had one good year. I didn't have many, but <laughs> the one good year was a really good year. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, it was a special year. Uh, I'm actually going to run into one of the guys, hopefully, other today, Rod Brindamore. He's the head coach for the Hurricane, or for Carolina now, but Mm-hmm. Carolina's in town. Uh, they play Calgary tomorrow, so it's always nice when they come to town. I get to catch up with. Now I really don't know any of the players. It's all the, like coaching staff and shit because I'm getting old. But right, exactly. um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was a great year. I mean, obviously, I was there. Were, there's a lot of there was a lot of luck involved too. Uh, I mean, I was in Calgary in 2004. Yeah, it was the trade that kind of got you there in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know, I finally signed a contract after we go to the finals. I finally signed a one way contract. You know, I'm pumped to be in Calgary. Then there's a fucking lockout. There's no more NHL. I'm back in the minors again. I'm like, Jesus, I cannot get out of this league. But And then I had a good year in the minors, and that year we split a farm team. Calgary and Carolina split um, the Lowell Lock Monsters. So oh. half the team was Carolina guys. And uh, Carolina scouts and general manager and head coach, because it was a lot closer to come watch games because Carolina's on the East Coast. Like The Calgary guys didn't come out there much because there was no NHL, and it's a long ways. Right, um, and I had a good year, and and Car- Carolina ended up trading for me. Um, so what I thought was a bad thing, the lockout. Um, to be honest, looking back, it was the best thing that happened in my career because right. I ended up getting traded to Carolina because of it. And with the rule changes, I think one of the major we had a really good team for sure, but we were like picked to finish. Back then, there was 30 teams. I think I think everybody picked us to finish. They were shitty in the year before the lockout, so everybody thought we were going to be shitty again. So I think we were picked to finish like 28th in the league. Like, we were supposed to be fortunate. <laughs> and we were, honestly, I, I think we lost. 
We lost two games in a row, like a, like a couple times, but it was pretty rare. And I think we lost three games in a row one time during the year towards the end. And other than that, yeah, we were, we were pretty solid. So yeah, it was it's weird how it works out. What I thought was awful ended up being the best thing that could have happened to me. Right. Yeah. What, what a trip. And, and so yeah. like, how old were you when you realized like, man, I, I'm going all the way. Like I can do this. Like getting to the NHL. Yeah. You know what? Late. Like I was never, I grew up just outside of Edmonton. Um, yeah, being totally honest, I played hockey because I, I enjoyed playing sports. I played hockey in the in the winters, and I played baseball in the summers. Mm-hmm. Compared to my competition, I was way better at baseball. Like I played for Team Alberta. Yeah, like I thought I was maybe going to play, you know, maybe a junior college or something for baseball. Really? And then as I got older, like I was like I I loved hockey because I enjoyed competing. Yeah, but I was like, I wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I, I think if you asked anybody that I grew up playing against, they would be like, "Yeah, I mean, he worked hard, but like, I wasn't like scoring goals. I wasn't doing anything like that." Mm-hmm. I would say when I first like realized that maybe I could do this for like a living and maybe I could make it to the NHL, I'd say it was probably my draft year when I was eighteen, nineteen wow. years old. Yeah, when the central scouting like rankings, I wasn't even. I was shitty in midget. I broke my ankle. I had a terrible year. The next year, um, I ended up playing for in the Alberta Junior Hockey League here. And I had a pretty good year there. And, and like, I was a little more effective. Like, not that I was the toughest guy in the world, but I was physical. And I have a little bit of size to me. So once you get to junior hockey and, like, fighting was a little bit a part of it, I got some more space because, you know, I was also, like, I could be mean once in a while when I was pissed off. So I got a little more space in the ice, which gave me more time to do some things because I didn't have great hands. And mm-hmm. then I ended up going to college instead of going to the major junior. That was totally pretty much by accident, too. I, I was never planning. I couldn't have named one college hockey team. I had no fucking clue what NCAA hockey was back then. Wow. But I went on a fly down to North Dakota because the only reason why I went was because I'm like, oh, it's, I was 17 years old. And I'm like, oh, I get to go on a trip without my parents? I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, I'm coming <laughs> to North Dakota. Sounds great. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And I went to the, went to a game or went to a weekend series down there, and like the rink was packed and college students. I was like, "Wow, I'm like, this is awesome!" Um, so I ended up going. My first year uh, in North Dakota, I was like very average. I played pretty much every game, but didn't play much. They won the national title the year before, so they had a good team. And then I started getting better every year. And, and after my second year, I'd say halfway through my second year, something clicked for me. The game got slower between my ears. I started mm-hmm. making a little bit of plays and stuff. And that would, I would say when the central scouting rankings came out and I was ended up being like ranked in like the top 50 North American skaters, something like that. And then when I actually got drafted in the second round, then I was like, okay, I'm like, well, somebody must like me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Cause you went yeah. like, wasn't it 42? Yeah. 42nd overall. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. fucking amazing. Right. Like that's amazing. Yeah, I know it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. It, it was yeah. awesome. I kind of, I just kind of steadily got better. I got significantly better from, I'd say, 17 years old till the time I was 20. I, mm-hmm. I kind of made some I, – I, so I guess I was kind of like a late bloomer, I guess, if that would be called, if that would be the definition of it. And So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so what, like, the, the Devils, of course, they, they drafted you. So what, what stands out from that day still? Like, is there, like, specific things that, like, when you think back to that day, like, what still sticks? From the draft day? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, the draft was in Boston. So I went and I did the combine in Toronto. 
And then New Jersey back then with Lou Lamarillo, he's he's on the island now. I don't know if he still does this, but like New Jersey, they always did things like a little bit differently. So New Jersey had like their own little combine. So guys that they'd like, so you go do the combine in Toronto, and if they liked you, they'd be like, hey, do you mind coming over and working out for us? We got, you know, next door or whatever. So they had this like uh, running test. Basically, it's run until you drop. They want to see sure. if you get to your maximum heart rate, how long you're willing to, to hang in there is basically what the test is. Sure. I did good at that. Um, and so after they're like, well, you know, when are you getting to the draft? And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm like, my parents are in Edmonton. I'm like, I live in Grand Forks, North Dakota. I'm like, I need to work because I got no money. So I got to paint dorm room walls. I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going to go. I, I don't want to come and then like, you know, not get drafted or get drafted in the fifth round or, or whatever. I, I think I'm just going to stay home. And they, they said, they're like, no, no, no. Like, you know, you, you should go. I'm like, oh, okay. So I knew they liked me. So mm -hmm. I tell my parents, I'm like, let's go to Boston. So we go out to Boston. And what sticks out for me that day, so I'm sitting with my family in the stands. I remember just like a couple of things. For some reason, some boss, I'd never been to Boston before. I, I didn't know anything about the city. There were some Bruin, a bunch of Bruins fans across the row, across the aisle from us. And a bunch of them were like, I, Boston picked, I think they might, I can't remember who they picked in the first round. They picked, uh, they might have picked Nick Point. He, I think he might have went back in the draft. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, a bunch of them started screaming at me, we should have drafted you, Commodore, this and that. I was like, <laughs> people know who I am. And so that sticks out for me. And then, I, I thought that I was going to get picked. My dad's a worrier. So he's like, where do you think you're going to get picked? I'm like, well, I'm like, New Jersey likes me. I'm like, they're picking at the end of the first round. And I'm like, Washington likes me. So I'm like, I think maybe there's an outside chance that maybe I go at the end of the first round, maybe to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Or I'm like, Washington has four picks right at the beginning of the second round. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm definitely going to Washington if New Jersey doesn't take me. He's like, oh, okay. So New Jersey takes a goalie, Aria Honan, so I don't go. And he's my dad's getting a little irritated. Like, and I'm like, relax, Dad. I'm, I'm, I'm not a first-round pick anyways. Let's be serious here. And so I'm like, I'm probably going to Washington here. So Washington has four picks from, like, pick 31 to 40. Four picks. They drafted defenseman. They drafted another defenseman. I think they picked one forward. And then I think three out of their four picks were D. So at least two of them were. I think it was three out of four. And with each pick, my dad's getting more and more pissed off. He's like, we shouldn't have came here. What the fuck are we doing here? I'm like, relax. It's all good. New Jersey has another pick here. Hopefully it's now. And then New Jersey called by name and got to go down. It, it was really cool. Met Larry Robinson, met their staff, you know, took a couple pictures or whatever. And, and uh yeah, ended up going. They had a little like celebration at one of the hotels that my family and I were all invited to. So it was cool. I, I remember the food. Like I'd never seen, you know, they had like, it was at a really nice hotel, like a Ritz Carlton or something like that. And the mm. spread was like, you know, seafood tower. Like, I mean, it was nice. I'd never seen anything like that before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I remember the food being unreal, but it was a cool experience. I'm, at the end of the day, I'm glad I went, obviously. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't, you know, want to get too much into your, how much money you made and stuff. Obviously, you, you, you know, NHL players make a shit ton of money, right? Sure. Yeah. But like, I, I can't remember what, what the, the signing was in like early, the early 2000, but I, I think I remember reading something around the lines that like it was a $15 million deal over five years or something like that. No, for, for like in the early 2000s? Yeah, with the Blue Jackets. Oh, 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 when I signed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so my big contract that I signed was a 
I signed a five-year deal for 18.75 That's million. what it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm curious of that, like what was the most frivolous thing you bought? Like, fuck this. I'm going to, I don't care what it costs. I'm buying it. That's a good question. You know what? I didn't, I'm not really like a material guy. Like I'm definitely not cheap. I spend money. I spend all my money on golf and booze <laughs> probably. And like nights out, like I don't, I drive a pickup truck that I won in a raffle here. Nice. Like, I don't have, I have a, I'd say like the one I didn't really like treat myself. Like when I, I couldn't believe what was going on either. When I signed as a free agent in Columbus, like I was in living in San Diego at the time I was seeing a girl there and leading up to July 1st free agency, you know, my agent was like, you know, what are you looking for? And I go, man, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, I just won a couple years ago. I've had a couple good years here. I'm like, I, I hope the first number, like, you know, like a three-year deal. You know, I, I think I'm worth two million bucks a year. Like that would be good. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay. So then, free agency starts, and like ten minutes into free agency, he calls me. He's like, I got some good news. I'm like, what's that? He goes, well, he goes, you wanted a th three-year deal. You were thinking, right? Would be good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, be awesome. He's like, well, what do you think of five years? I'm like, perfect. That's awesome. Totally. I'm like. And he goes, the first number is not going to be a two either. What's it going to be? He goes, it's going to be three for sure, and it might even get to four. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is awesome. So when I ended up signing that contract with Columbus, I actually ended up taking – I actually took – I actually haven't said this very often either. I kind of keep it to myself. But I actually took less money. I had a couple of teams that wanted me. I had Columbus, mm. Atlanta were the two teams that wanted well, – the good teams. <laughs> Atlanta wanted me too. And Atlanta was going to pay me five years and I was going to make, I was going to sign a five-year deal for 20 million. So 4 million bucks a year. Hmm. But when I was in Carolina, we always would play. And this was back when you played your division like a million times. So I yeah. went to Atlanta to play all the time and I have nothing against the city of Atlanta. Like the city, it was fun enough. Like we didn't spend a lot of time there because it was a short flight. So we were in and out, but like the rink sucked. There was nobody at the games. And I hated their – this was a minor thing, but I, I hated their jerseys. I thought they looked terrible. So I'm like, when it came down to it, it was like Columbus or Atlanta. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to play in Atlanta. Now looking back, if I would have known that Atlanta was going to move to Winnipeg in two years, then I might have rethought it because Ooh. Winnipeg is – you know, I'm in Canada. Sure. I'm, you know, Winnipeg's two hours up the road from North Dakota where I went to school, so I was kind of familiar with the area. Um, but yeah, I, the only thing I kind of spent money on is once I signed, I called some, uh, high school buddies of mine from home. There was like three of them. I'm like, pack your shit. You're coming to San Diego. The trip's on me. I'm like, I'm about to sign for some cash here. And they're like, okay. And so yeah. we had a July 4th weekend. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so good to be able to do that with buddies. Eh? Yeah. Uh, okay. So clearly, you know, winning the cup in, in 2006 would be a career, career highlight. Right. Yep. Uh, but like playing in the KHL has got to be up there too, right? Like tell us some yeah. stories yeah. about being over there. About sure. It. Yeah. So like when I, when I knew things were kind of done for me, NHL wise here, I, I still wanted to play, but I didn't want to play in the American hockey league. I played there a ton at the beginning of my career. And, and I got the utmost respect, like those guys that play a thousand games in the American hockey league. I'll tell you mm -hmm. what, I got more respect for that than the guys that play a thousand games in the NHL. Like, 
you are grinding it out you in the American hockey league. You are, yeah. yeah, like you yeah. are riding the bus. You are not eating, you know, you're not getting on a plane and you got shrimp cocktails and food to, you know, pick from. Yeah. You're riding the bus, you're having a cold stepped on pizza and you're driving to Hershey and you are grinding it out. Um, so I'm like, I'm not doing the American league anymore. I'm like, and I played, I was lucky enough to play in the world championships one year for team Canada in 2007. And one of the only reasons why I got on the team is because the tournament was in Moscow and a lot of the good defensemen didn't want to go. They're like, We're, I'm not going to Russia. So you go down. Eventually they got to me. Steve Eiserman called me. He's like, Hey, do you want to play for team Canada? I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, well, the tournament's in Russia. I'm like, I don't give a shit where the tournament is. I, would love Great. Yeah, I could care less. I'm like, yeah. this is my only opportunity to ever do this. So we went over to Moscow. We ended up winning the gold medal. I had a blast. It was a great experience. So that was kind of the reason why I was done. I was like, the only real league that I'm like kind of interested in playing in would be the KHL. I'd like to go back to Russia. So that's kind of how I ended up there. Um, I ended up on an expansion team um, in Vladivostok, Russia. Uh, so I got the contract through uh, Slava Fatisov, who's like, he, he walks mm -hmm. on water over there. I'd love to see. He's like right-hand man of Putin. I would like to see. I'd love to see what is in his bank account. I'm sure oh, yeah. it is. It starts with B's, billions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slava always liked me. He was the assistant coach in New Jersey, the D coach. I worked hard for him. And so he got me this contract. And I, you know, I was kind of familiar with Russia a little bit. And so I signed the contract. I'm like, Vladivostok. I'm like, where the fuck is Vladivostok? Yeah, so I've heard Google of it. Map it. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of this place. I Google map it. Well, Vladivostok, for people that don't know, are is on the Pacific Ocean, like 60 miles from North Korea. Well, the rest of the league, other than one team, there was one team that was an hour north. The rest of the league is all on the western side of Russia. So every time we had a road trip, we'd play four games at home and four on the road, and we just kind of go back and forth, and we play a home and home with each team in the league. There was 28 teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Every time we, we touched a plane, it was a 10-hour flight, minimum. That was to, like, start a fucking road trip. So I had a great experience in Russia. The hockey was good, like – all those Russians, they can all they can all skate, they can all pass, they can all shoot, they, can, they all have all the skills like that. In my opinion, the, the issue with Russian hockey is is their coaching is they're like still stuck. They're stuck in the fucking sixties still. Like they haven't like their attitude is like like I you know I was over there playing and you know we had some imports on the team obviously, but most of the guys in the team are Russians and most of them don't speak English. So I'd be out there playing, I can't communicate with these guys, and we would never. Like, there was no, like, defense, defensive zone, like, like this is what we do in the D zone, okay? This is what we're going to try and do in the neutral zone. It was like, I asked the assistant coach who spoke some English. I'm like, hey, what are we doing? He's like, well, you're a pro. Figure it out. I'm like, figure it out. I'm like, I can't fucking talk to these guys. How am I supposed to figure it out? But that's just how it is over there. So it was, it was a hell of experience. I had a good time. I actually wanted to go back. I ended up playing 14 years as a pro. I thought 15 years sounds better than 14. And I wanted to go back. But I wasn't going to go back to that team just because the travel was insane. Like I'm, I was jet lagged the entire season. Like it, it's, it's hard. It was hard to play. We made the playoffs, which was a hell of an accomplishment. Um, but it, it was, it was just too much travel. Um, and there was a team at the time. Uh, the year I was there was the year of the Sochi Olympics. So 13, 14, 14 was the Sochi Olympics. Mm -hmm. And um, after we got knocked out of the playoffs, my Russian agent called me. He's like, "Hey, what do you think of Donetsk, Ukraine?" I'm like, yeah, I go, I loved it there. I, I played one game there. I'm like, yeah, I thought the rink was cool. 
they have money. There was a couple of guys, imports on the team. One of the, Randy Robitaille, played with him in Ottawa. And uh, they get paid on time. They got lots of cash. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. He's like, okay, I'll get back to you. I'm like, perfect. I'm like, all right, one more year. Mm -hmm. And then like uh, five or six days later, I was on my iPad and I clicked the USA Today app and right first story, right in the pro-Russian rebels burn arena to the ground, Donetsk, Ukraine. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I think that's a sign. Maybe it's time to hang them up. And that was, up and up. That was it for me. Yeah, golf yeah. clubs was from that point forward. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. What a, what a crazy, what a crazy story. Um, I, I have some uh, fan questions here for oh, you. I, okay. I, I, I'm stealing into your time here. I told you it'd be maybe 15, 20. Is that cool? Okay. Like, for a few have, yeah, no problem. I'm retired. Okay, so, uh, so Greg Greg goes, and I, I'm curious too, actually. Have you ever been starstruck by a, by a player? That's a good question too. Yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, one, one time. One time that I can remember for sure. Yeah. Uh, this was like five years ago now. I was playing in a member guest golf tournament with another guy that I played with in Carolina with Ray Whitney. So Ray had me okay. down. Yeah. Ray had yep. me down to play in, uh, in this member guest five years ago. And so long story short, I drive down to Idaho and me, Ray and Brent Hedekin, another guy who played in Carolina, he was there too. He was with somebody, with the guest of somebody else. Brett used to play there. in Vancouver as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Before Vancouver team. Yeah. He started yep. in Van. And so the, Three of us are sitting there. We're just sitting outside at a big table for like eight. And I'm stuffing my face. We're eating bullshitting. And I hear this voice behind me, a tap on my shoulder. Hey, Mike, how you doing? You know, do you mind if I sit down? And I can't see who it is. I got a mouthful of food. And I'm like, you know, there's fucking three, four seats. So I'm, I got a mouthful of food. I turn to be like, yeah, you know, go ahead. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and turn around. It's fucking Wayne Gretzky. I'm, <laughs> nice. like, I'm like, I stop. I'm like, put my fourth down. I go, yeah, Mr. Gretzky. I'm like, do you want my seat? I'm like, I go sit somewhere else. And he laughed. He's like, oh, gone no, no. So he sits down and eats with us. And I would say that was like, from what I can remember, that was one time for sure where I was like, you know, I grew up outside of Edmonton, sure. you, know, in, you know, in the 80s. And uh, yeah, obviously, he's the greatest player that ever played, his staff for sure, um, yeah. dominating. And uh, yeah, but he was, he was an awesome dude. Couldn't have been nicer. I actually just saw him a couple weeks ago in Dallas. He was at another event I was at. But yeah, that was a big deal for me. I, I should have got him to sign something. I haven't done that yet, but I'll run into him again, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris goes, uh, ask him what he thinks about the Hurricanes home game celebrations. Oh, man. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. They do. Do you know what they do there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, on one hand, Look, I love Carolina. I had a great time there. It's amazing that they get like the crowd participation and like, you know, it, if there's a way to reach your fans and you're, you know, yes. I don't know that there's a big, a, a bigger and a better way. I don't, I just don't know this. hundred percent. Yeah. I will admit the first time I saw it on TV, I was, I, I was in Don Cherry's corner. I was like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Right. I'm like, this is embarrassing, but as time has gone on, and I've messaged one of the guys on the team that was there, Justin Williams, him and I, I'm like, Willie, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, because the fans love it. I'm like, and then I sat there and thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? They do. You know, yeah. When you're in Vancouver or Calgary or Edmonton or, you know, when you're in a hockey market, you know, people just come to the games. They love hockey. They're knowledgeable. They want to go watch games. When you're in a market down south, like Carolina, Florida, 
right. Phoenix, places like that. There's other things to do. The right. weather's nice. So whatever you can do to get fans in the building, I, I am all for. But the short answer to that question, when I first saw it, I, I was slightly embarrassed. Yes. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, all right, this is, this is a tough question. Mark okay. wants to know if you could put together the ultimate hockey line, Ooh. past and present players, Ooh. who makes your line? Oh my god! Well, oh, right, like yeah. I mean, there's so many much. good options. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to put Wayne Gretzky. Um, I'll take. I'll put Connor McDavid on the team. For, for present, I, I think he's an incredible player. Mm. Um, I mean, God. Uh, another forward. You know what? I like having some grit on the team. So another forward I would put on there, a BC guy, Cam mm. Neely. Mm. Yeah, I'll put Cam on there. That, for Vancouver fans, of course, is like the, why did we get rid of that guy? Yeah, that was a bad move. That was that a fucking guy. terrible move. That was a terrible move. Cam Neely could play hockey any way you wanted to. Yeah. Um, and then on on defense, try and do a present guy in past. Uh, uh, for a present guy, he's, he's just kind of getting started, but I think people saw a lot of him last year. I'll put Kale McCarr on mm. the team. I think that kid is – incredible mm -hmm. uh, i think he's the only defenseman in the league that i can think of anyways that can keep up with mcdavid mm -hmm. um and then another like old school guy um you know what i'm gonna go with one of my buddies he was a hell of a player too i'll go with scott niedermeyer yeah another bc guy actually crusher too man that yeah, guy he, fucking yeah. pound yep um and then in that uh and that it's tough to go. I I, I played with. Uh, I'll go with Martin Brodeur. Yeah, he, he was excellent. He was a, a treat to play with. I didn't play with him long, but it was so nice, especially when they didn't have that fucking trapezoid. So back in the day when that wasn't there, when mm. I was in New Jersey, you know, people guys would dump the puck. I'm like, perfect. I just mm. go stand on the boards, be like, here, Marty, because he he passed the puck better than I did. So mm -hmm. I just be an option. He would pass it to the forwards. I'm like, perfect. I don't have to do anything. It was great. Yeah. 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 That's a tough question. That's yeah, a tough one. Yeah. yeah. What are you binge watching lately? Um, you know what? I don't watch a ton of TV. Uh, I mean, I watch a lot of sports. Um, what have, you know what? The last show I watched, I'm almost done it is, uh, what's it called? Animal Kingdom? Animal. What is it? Oh. Called? Uh, yeah, it's an Animal Kingdom, right? Yeah, Animal Kingdom, right? That the, the yeah. show about like in California, like the the crooks or whatever, the family of crooks. Yeah, I watched that. I watched a lot of. I, I like watching documentaries. One documentary, if you haven't seen it, you should watch. Remember the name Manti Teo, the football player? Yeah, dude, that fucking story is insane, right? Like, insane. have you seen the documentary? Yeah, it's insane, insane, insane. I'm glad he did that documentary. Like, I remember when that came out. That came out in like 2011, I think it was. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, that was major, major worldwide fucking news. It was like everywhere, man. And not everywhere. And yeah. like actually watch what happened is like crazy, crazy, mind blowing. And to like hear him talk about it, you know, like everybody else, when it came out of the news, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? This guy's an idiot. Totally and then when right. you watch the documentary 
Now, was he naive? And sure. I mean, I'm not sure how you date a girl for three years and never meet her. Like, okay, right. you made some mistakes for sure. <laughs> but when you listen to him, it's like, man, this guy got really, really, he made some mistakes, but this guy got fucked over bad. Big. His attitude, like, you know, how he's, you know what, you know, I forgive him. I mean, it ended up being a guy he was talking to. I mean, it's all, it's a crazy story. Anybody who hasn't watched needs to watch that documentary. Yeah, that, that, that's a must watch. Yeah. Must watch. Like, sure. even if you don't like football, it's a must yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't need to like football. You don't even have any idea who this guy is. It doesn't sure. matter. It is worth fucking watching. But, like, it's, it's to the point of, like, you couldn't even make that shit up. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no way that dude's lying. Like, it's, no. you can't, you, you I don't even know how you would think to make some shit up like that. There's That's no crazy. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the, what was the music like in the Commodore house as a, as a kid growing up? <laughs> uh, the music scene in my house was, uh, it was, it was all hard rock. It yeah. was all hard rock. ACDC was a fixture. Um, that was the main one. I was always, when I was a kid uh, growing up, like I was, I was kind of into the, like the, if grunge kind of so like nirvana and i listened to a lot of green day back in the day um some kind of like like no fx and it's a little bit of punk stuff and then okay. I'm not so much that anymore but i'm i'm still a big like uh acdc guy metallica more like hard rock so whenever i get a chance to see metallica or uh, actually a concert that's on my list is you got the poster in the back rage against the machine i listened to them a ton too did you hear that the uh 2023 tour is canceled. The fucking Zach fucking uh, ripped his, yeah, uh, whatever the, the 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 what's that called? The tendon in the back of the the Achilles tendon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he ripped like ninety two percent of it off. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's apparently, crazy. like the eight percent that's still there is like just barely hanging on. Barely there. hanging on. Yeah. yeah, he needs some time off. Yeah, so I bought done. tickets. Rage Against the Machine. You know, in Calgary we have the Saddle Dome here, which is obviously needs to be replaced, and it's shit for concerts. Yeah. So most most bands don't stop here; they just go straight to Edmonton. Mm. But Rage Against the Machine had a concert booked here on their tour for it was going to be June of 2020. So I bought tickets. I bought four tickets. I invited a couple of my buddies up from Scottsdale who hadn't seen Rage, but they love Rage. So all fired up, and then March of 2020, fucking COVID hits. So that obviously gets canceled. They rebooked the concert. So I think I still have these tickets. I paid for them. Yeah, so I was all fired up again. I'm messaging my, I'm like, hey, it's back on, it's coming, and then this happens. I'm like, I don't know if it's meant to be. I don't. Might just yeah. have to be fucking stream their music. It's like, screw it. Well, keep the tickets, man. Eventually, yeah, I'm keeping the tickets. To, they're gonna have to eventually tickets. play, right? <laughs> eventually, they gotta come here. Fuck. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll wait as long as I have to. And and what was your first concert that you went to? Ooh, that's another good question. The first concert that I went to. Um, the first one that I remember, now this is a smaller venue and it was in Edmonton, was like a, a band called, I don't know if you would have, a band called The Smalls. Yeah, yeah. 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 You heard of them? Yeah, from uh, Kamloops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like huge in Edmonton. That was the first concert that I went to, which was, it was a small venue. This is when I was in high school. And I want to say the first like concert, concert, like at a big arena that I went to was... Shit. First one that I can remember. It might not be the first. It's got to be, it's, it's, it's Kid Rock. I saw Kid Rock here in Calgary. I had got free tickets. And when I first got the tickets, uh, they're like, hey, you want to? I'm like, nah, Kid Rock. I'm like, 
he th- sings about himself. I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll go. Yeah, and, and probably just an amazing show. It was amazing. Yeah. He's one of my. I've, I've now seen him twelve times since. Wow. He was amazing. He played every instrument. It was awesome. And mm. he ended up. He was on the ice when we won the Stanley Cup in Carolina. Mm. So that was kind of cool too. That's kind of a good story for like a music end of things. Yeah. We won the Stanley Cup in Carolina. You know, uh, we were up three games to one against Edmonton. Game five was in Carolina. We get a power play in overtime. I'm like, this game's fucking over because our power play is good. So I'm, I'm not on the power play. I'm sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is fucking done. There's like a 35% chance we're going to score here. <clears throat> we cough up the puck. Fernando Pisani puts it underneath the bar. Short end of goal against. Back to Edmonton. Go play in Edmonton. We get our asses kicked. It's not even close. Game's over in the first five minutes. I'm like, this, this is about survival. I'm like, this game fucking game is over. I'm like, I'm just going to make sure I don't get put into the upper deck. And so we're going back for game seven. This is it. I'm like, and my parents want to come down. And I, so I had to tell my parents, I'm like, you know what? I go, I would love for you guys to come down. But I'm like, look, I'm like, if we lose this game, I go, you're not going to want to be around me. I'm not going to want to be around anybody. I just want to do things how I've always done them. And that's on my own. And my parents are great. They're like, we get it. No problem. We'll watch it on TV. Good luck. I'm like, thank you. So we end up winning. And that actually had to change the rules in the NHL after this. So mm-hmm. we win, and there had to have been fucking 300 people on the ice. There we got like parents, grandparents, cousins, uncles. I'm like, who the fuck are half these people? Yeah. And so I'm standing out there. I'm by myself. I'm like, God, I should have fooled my parents here. They should be out here for this. But I called them. It was all good. Mm-hmm. But I'm standing out there, just kind of looking around, just kind of taking the moment in or whatever. And I get a tap on my shoulder. Hey. Tommy, congratulations. So I figure it's somebody's uncle. I'm like, yeah, you know, to say, turn around and say thank you. Well, it's fucking Kid Rock. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, Kid Rock? He's like, oh, no, no, call me Bob. I go, oh, Bob. I go, dude, this is awesome. He's like, congratulations. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks. I go, hey, Bob, are you sticking around tonight? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can I go out with you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yes. So we're celebrating in this. We go, everybody goes into the locker room. Kid Rock comes in, the locker room slammed, could barely move. And then we kick everybody else out that's not. So we kick Kid Rock out. It's just the, just the guys now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, I'll be right out. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. I'm like, I'm going to get to go out with Kid Rock tonight. This is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. So I'm sitting in my stall. I got my shit off. I just have my long johns on. I want to shower and I want to go. So we're sitting in there. And now the older guys, Rod Brindamore, Glenn Wesley, um, Brett Hedekin, and some of those guys, they're giving speeches. So I'm listening. I'm sitting here. And, and they were nice speeches. Don't get me wrong. You know, the, these guys had awesome careers. And it was a great moment. But I'm sitting there. And in the back of my head, I'm like, these guys need to wrap this shit up. Because I want to go party party with Kid Rock. Party with Kid Rock here. I, I can listen to these speeches later. But anyways, the speech. And we ended up hanging out in the locker room till like 3 in the morning. So I never ended up getting to go out with Kid Rock. My biggest regret about that night. Yeah, I should have yeah, walked yeah. out. Fuck it. Just amazing, though. Amazing. Dude, I want to respect your time. I'm going to wrap it up right now. Um, Thank you, man, for for taking some time and jumping on. Yeah, uh, yeah, no worries at all. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. A pleasure to talk to you. Uh, You're at uh, CallMe22 on uh, On, on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Yeah, and then I think Instagram's at MWC22. That's the one. Yeah, I knew it was different on uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, somebody Uh, had it called me too, too. Well, congrats on the career, man. It's very cool uh, to talk. Thanks. uh, Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It was nice to meet you, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll uh, we'll see you online. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. 
subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.